The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Hi, this is Janine from the Get the Funk Out Show, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Good morning, I'm Janine. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show voice actor Rob Paulson. Hey, Rob, how are you? Well, Janine, thank you for uh, calling. I am breathing and not in jail, but the day's not over yet. So far, so good. I'm, yes. Uh, as long as we're chatting, I guess I'm in good shape. Good, good. And you're safely at home, tucked away, right? I am. We are very fortunate to have a great hunker-down sort of place, and uh, I uh, I am black and blue from pinching myself uh, with respect to how fortunate we are. I know. A nice, safe place. I, I, I don't... Um, for one moment, take for granted how incredibly fortunate so many of us are. I, not to get too existential, but I, I you know, I'm, leading up to this, as things were getting worse and worse and, and, and more dire, um, the the sort of overarching takeaway is that uh, to the people who virtually have nothing, the folks who live on the street, you know, and, yes. and the, the only thing they have maybe is somebody in the next tent. Mm-hmm. To share whatever it is they share, and and how difficult that is, and now they, ha- I mean, I don't even, I just, my brain is not capable of understanding how difficult it is for people who already have nothing. Yes, and, and I, you know, and so I am at the same time embarrassed by my riches and uh, grateful um, to have a place to do what we're doing right now. So. Well, I want to just interject something. I woke up this morning and I thought about the homeless man that I brought food to in the past. He used to hang out at the bus stop nearby. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, what is going on with all these homeless people that I typically see? Like, I'm sure there's no masks. There's no, you know, uh, hand sanitizer. Like, how sick are they? And what's right. how safe are they? Probably not. And how fortunate I was to wake up in a home, you know, filled with love and safety. And I, I just think about everybody else. And even the people on the front lines that risk their lives, the doctors, the nurses. Oh, my God. Everybody. Yeah. You know? It, it's really, it, it is very, it, it's impossible to uh, comprehend. And even my parents, both of whom are gone now, but they were uh, they were born after the 1918 um, Spanish flu mm-hmm. mess, but were very, you know, very much alive and aware of the Second World War. And, and I have to say that watching... Queen Elizabeth speak yesterday was remarkable. Yeah. I mean, hearing a 94-year-old human who was at 14 in the middle of things at, at in 1940, and then of course mm. through that the, the whole Second World War, watching her speak with the same resolute uh, spirit of "We're going to get through this." Yes, she did when Winston Churchill was running the show. Uh, a remarkable time. Amazing, uh, isn't it? Something it and is. I have to say, as a uh, as a colonist, as a proud colonist, I was just astonished at watching this sweet, beautiful woman. Yes, speak with this the, with the, the the quiet, resolute yes. power of the monarchy to say, you know, we're going to get through this. We've done stuff like this before, you guys. Mm-hmm. Smoke. 
That yeah. was nothing short of, of remarkable to me. But anyway, yeah. so much for that. That really, uh, that, I, I don't know how that plays in the cartoons, but you being a professional will figure a way out. Yes. I, I just thought, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you know what, I, I, I watched that this morning. Yeah. I actually was yeah. taking a walk in the rain because I have to get out and move and just get out in some fresh air and no one was around. So thank you for sharing that. Not at all. It was great. So I want to back up. Tell me your road to becoming this very successful voice actor. How did you get started? Oh, boy. Well, I um, I grew up in Michigan, and the only other thing I wanted to be when I was a youngster was a hockey player. I learned very early on that I had neither the talent, temperament, nor dental insurance to make a nickel as a <laughs> hockey player. Um, and the, other, the only other thing that really jones me was, uh, was performing. I think I've been very fortunate. You're an actress as well, and I think that um, the only thing that, that uh, makes me different from many who have pursued our, you know, our respective uh, gigs in different ways is that I was lucky enough to know very early on that I wanted to be a performer. I didn't know that I wanted to be a voice guy or stand-up. I just, as they say, the first one's free. But, man, whenever you get that response from your, your audience, whether it's your grandparents, your parents, your, your high school buddies, whatever, Sometimes it's just a, uh, oh, that, this sounds like fun. Other times with me, it's like, uh-oh, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm hooked. That's yeah. it. So I knew very early on that this is what I wanted to pursue, that is, performing in general. Um, and so it was not a surprise when at age 19, after my one year of college at the University of Michigan, I told my parents, look, I, I'm wasting your money and my time. I really want to be in the moving picture business. So I went on the road and did theater, uh, live theater for a couple of years and decided it was time then to try the, the big pool and moved to L.A. in 1978, thank you very much, <laughs> um, to, to pursue um, traditional showbiz stuff. I was a singer who became an actor, moved to L.A. to pursue both of those primarily in whatever ways they presented themselves, the opportunities, that is. And um, uh, I was doing typical... Uh, Episodic television, MacGyver, St. Elsewhere, Amazing Story, yeah. you know, the typical stuff. And a lot of commercials, pilot commercials, I would, uh, I, I'm still, in, I would submit a fairly average-looking old guy, but I was a fairly average-looking young guy in those days. And um, typically, you are limited by the way you look, which sure. is the way it happens, you know. You, yeah. They hire you to be the, the young lady, and they say, let's, uh, we've hired this terrific actress, Janine, let's see if we can find um, a guy to be her boyfriend, and they bring in 50 guys who could all be brothers, and luck, and I, 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 it's the luck of the draw, I win, yeah. and then we do a commercial for Clorox together, whatever. Yeah. So I did a whole bunch of those, um, and then uh, I started getting opportunities to audition for animation, but i got to tell you, the first thing that I noticed when I walked in was not only the quality of these really talented actors, many of whom I recognized from episodic television growing up, but that they were utterly unlimited uh, by their, or rather not limited by their visages. They, sure. It was not about how they looked for yeah. obvious reasons. So I thought, man, this is the gig. I can sing. I can sing in character. Nobody cares what I look like. Yes. I can play all kinds of things. This is the purest form of acting. It's playtime. When it Let me ask you about that. Have, did you always love to, you know, create these character voices? Were you goofy? Did you always have a sense of humor? What were you like? Yeah. I was... Well, there's a, a, you teed it up for me. Goofy, Mickey, Minnie. <laughs> I, I was, um, I, I, yeah, I was a little bit of a whack job, but I don't I, yeah. I think any more than, than probably 
Adams or guys that were uh, in uh, Kids in the Hall. I, you know, many yeah. of those guys are, are my friends now, and we all have that background where we experimented and played and came. I was inspired by the Pythons and uh, Peter Sellers, the Goons, Jonathan Winters, mm-hmm. um, so many people whom I got to work with after I moved to Hollywood. And, and having worked with a lot of, uh, of people who were big comics and have many friends of mine have gone on to become very uh, successful comedic actors in their own rights, we all kind of were spawned from the same, as you say, goofy background. Yeah. Uh, but it was to entertain ourselves, and you kind of start to trust your own instincts, and you go, wow, this makes me laugh. I bet it'll make my buddies on the hockey team laugh. Right. And you're right. Then you start to trust your instincts to go home. Now, I got a handful of jokes that I know just kill. All I got to do is be in the right circumstance. And then, boom, you let it go again. And the word gets out. That, hey, just invite this knucklehead to your party. He's, He's fun. He's yeah. fucking with a stick. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And then about probably four or five years into it, I, I purposely jumped with both feet into the animation talent pool because... I just love not being limited by being an average-looking guy, mm-hmm. limited only by my talent. And now, um, all these years later, uh, I think it was the right decision, not only from a professional standpoint, but on a personal note, the people with whom I work every day, the folks that are on my cell phone, are the most gifted humans I've ever, 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 ever spent. Amazing. Some of them have passed away, you know, but, but yeah. good gracious, I can... I, I, I can call any of these people from Futurama or The Simpsons or Family Guy or Rick and Morty or Pinky and the Brain or all the Disney, whomever. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine says, gosh, you know, my 40-year-old nephew really loves Darkwing Duck. Can you get Darkwing Duck on the phone? He says, sure, no problem. <laughs> and they flip out. They, sure. Oh, my God. The number of 45-year-olds that want to talk to one of the original Ninja Turtles lose their mind. It's the coolest <laughs> it is cool. in the world. You, you know what I want to interject? As we get older, we lose our sense of play, of creativity. And Amen. that is so incredible to be living a life where you get to play, you get to be goofy, because life gets so serious. Um, a lot of people do not have a creative outlet, and you're blessed. Yeah. Oh, golly. I- more than a zillion times. Uh, I really don't know how to quantify how incredibly fortunate I am. But I have to say in my defense, I get it. I, I do know how really lucky I am. Um, I think that I'm the lead, uh, I, I, my career <clears throat> is a perfect example, uh, as many others is are, um, of putting oneself in a position to get lucky. Mm-hmm. That is to say, we all know people whom we grew up with who are very talented at whatever, cooking or working on automobiles or whatever, and they found a different career path for whatever reason. Many of them are happy. A lot of them are not. And my father was one of those who, uh, you know, survived the Depression and was uh, got a hold of a, of a job that fed him and his family and did very well for himself. But when he was my age, he was living to retire. And um, that is not at all right. the way I wanted to spend the last half of my life. And so I'm not. But I think the difference between, um, and it's not a good or bad, it's just a difference, to be able to find something about which you are passionate and then find out that you're pretty good at it and then find a way to make money at it. Yes. You really hit the lottery. Um, I, I am so grateful that my parents instilled in me and my siblings whatever it was that said, 
Flint, Michigan and drive out to California and see if you can meet people because that's the only way you're going to do what it is you want to do at a high level. So it turns out that you put yourself in a position to get lucky because um, uh, the the luck is as a result of having the courage to move out and do whatever you want to do. And when I say courage, it's with a small C. I mean, courage, what we're seeing people doing now with respect to the coronavirus. But when you're 20 or 22, it's not so much courage as it is to say, oh, my God, what an adventure. I got let's go try this. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have a wife. I don't have any kids. Thank God I did this when I was 22. And so at 42, I didn't have to say, boy, I wish I could spell everything and move from Flint and go actor. But um, not all of us have the opportunity to get lucky, as it were. And I I did. And I am so grateful. And and you are 100% correct that the opportunity now at my age, and I'm 64 years old, Mm -hmm. um, I go to work every day and I have for decades. And get paid to do something that I would have done for free yes. with people I would choose to have in my home. And they've all been to my kids' birthday parties, and we've all grown up together. And now many of them are stars. Incredible. And they are the, the creme de la creme of this particular business. And in every case, uh, Janine, when mm-hmm. I'm with them in a social situation and the folks around us find out who we are, whether it's Billy West or... Yes. Tress McNeil, or they, uh, they, they, they go nuts. They, sure they do. Nuts. And, and they go, oh, my God, Futurama, the guys from Futurama are at yeah. seven. Oh, my God, I'm going to lose my mind. And then the cooks come out. And then the <laughs> manager comes out, and they want to have somebody, they want to fry from Futurama, make their... Do that voice. You know, voice. <laughs> oh, my God. Or Pinky and the Brain are at table 12. Oh, my God. And it's nothing short of glorious. It is Love it. ever not wonderful. So... Yeah, you're talking to a lottery winner, for sure. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. I love that. Thank you. And everyone Out goes... Out of my face, as it were. <laughs> everyone goes through personal, professional funk. You went through something yeah. health-wise. Can you share a little of that? I can, and thank you for asking. Yeah, <clears throat> actually, four years ago, and man, the older I get, the faster it goes. Um, four years ago at this time, I was right in the middle of... Uh, pretty aggressive treatment for stage three throat cancer. I, uh, I uh, had had a lump on the left side of my neck for probably six months, but being a typical guy and a typical former athlete, um, unless I'm unable to feel my legs, yes. I'm losing, you know, precipitous amounts of blood and I can't stop the bleeding. I just, yeah, or it hurts real, a, a whole real bunch. Yeah. I don't go to the doctor. Well, Finally, uh, after six months of this knot on my neck, I said to my internist at my yearly checkup um, in February of, of uh, 2016, what do you think about this, Doc? And I swear to God, Janine, five seconds. He said, ah, it's not good, Rob. And I thought oh, it was no. And he said, he said, nah, if it were a low-grade infection, which is what we were hoping, it would be this soft, pliable mass, mm-hmm. uh, but it's rock hard. And he said, I want, I want you to go see an ENT and your nose and throat doc yesterday. Uh. And so I did. And within a few days, it was uh, biopsied and found to be the area to which the cancer had already spread. In other words, there was a primary tumor in my throat, which was not, uh, which required a series of biopsies to find, but it was staged at three. Oh, my gosh. Because the, the lump on my neck was the area to which the cancer had already spread. Mm. So... 
the uh, the uh, uh, lesson right there, boys and girls, is don't wait um, when you get that feeling. Um, however, the, the the other side of the coin is that um, it, 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 my treatment would have not been any less onerous. Okay. It's just that I would have found out sooner. And um, it's never too early to find out when you have cancer. Obviously. You bet, yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, but, but, you know, the, the wonderful world in which we live, the, the, it's not even silver, the platinum lining of this story, of my story, and others, mm-hmm. um, and the kindness of people like you, moreover, which is really more important, the kindness of people like you to give us a forum to, to share these stories is really integral. That, that's, that's key to this. Um, uh, Thank because you. everybody has the opportunity to do that, uh, just like breast cancer, a self-examination. Um, and when you have an anomaly like that, you got to get it looked at. You bet, uh, yeah. Because the good news is um, that it's very treatable. I'm not going to lie. The treatment is really tough mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. When they start giving you chemo and radiation to your face, your mouth, your throat, um, it, yeah, it, it, you take a pounding. Yeah. But what they said, the doctors at the beginning, are these wonderful physicians who are all in our lives after we have these frightening diagnoses. But the first thing they said was, look, here's the deal. We got this. Great. We know what to do. Um, you have a 75 to 80% chance of survival, of cure. Not, not a, We're not talking about a remission. We're talking about a cure. But before we cure you, we almost have to kill you. And Whoa. you know what we're doing. Yeah, and okay. I, I love that kind of stuff. I started laughing, and I really said, well, we're going to have a ball. We're going to be fine. And so it, it's, a, it's, a, it's tough because I don't want to dissuade people um, from getting the treatment yes. because they're afraid of it. Um, in this case, the treatment uh, is not worse. Um, rather, the cure is not worse than the disease. I can tell you, and we can all share that. If you look at our you know, the, the, the sweet gentleman who passed away a few years ago, um, Roger Ebert, in Chicago mm-hmm. sometimes, right. um, you know, you just get a chance to see video of Mr. Ebert before he left. It's brutal. It's awful. Um, he, he lost half his face. Yeah, I saw that. Um, his, yeah, his example was heroic, and mm. the way he fought was, was, was heroic, and kudos to him and his sweet wife for giving that and for having the courage to share it, but that is not a way I want to go out. I know. If you, if I can tell you categorically, having spoken with people who have had to have part of their jaw or whatever taken as a result of their inactivity, um, that if you have the chance to endure a treatment, I trust me, it is way better than letting it go. Yes, and, absolutely. Um, so that's what I'm, I'm here to talk about because I'm cured. I had the cancer. I had the treatment. It is aggressive. It has to be. Uh, and, 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 big and, I had no surgery. Because, really? Um, I, I was told, look, here's the deal. We know where the tumor is. It's at the base of your tongue, in your throat, and you have this area on your uh, neck to which it is spread. However, we're going to keep our knives in our back pockets. We have this as a result of thousands of brave patients who came before me who were willing to put themselves on the line for the treatment. I'm the one and folks will be diagnosed today with similar cancers, are able to take advantage of the, the incredible bravery and skill of all these doctors who've come from years before us. So they walk mm-hmm. you, you walk in, they size you out, they weigh you, mm-hmm. tell you how much weight you're going to lose, they give you options, and they say, okay, just put your head down, trust us, let's do this, 
and anything that we can help you to make it less difficult. But six months, a year from now, um, when you're back to doing your normal life, you probably will have some side effects, some more than others. It's not an exact science in that regard. Mm -hmm. But please, please, please don't even don't even contemplate the alternative. Right. Letting it go. Yes. Because it's just not a great way to end your life. So yeah. it's um, a great story to be able to share with people. Yeah. And it, uh, it's very important to so share. Things, it is It is an important one because it is it is like colon cancer, uh, colorectal cancer, often one of the more treatable. It's not comfortable at all, but it is very treatable. And then you have an example, a living, breathing example uh, with your friends and family to do what I'm doing now and yeah. say, look, I made my living at a, at a pretty high level for 35 years with my voice, and I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. And even though they were able to, you know, <laughs> uh, kill the cancer, they didn't kill Yakko or Pinky or Raphael. <laughs> we're still here doing our gig. And if I can do it, you can do it. So that's a great opportunity that you've given me today. Well, it's been my pleasure. I mean... I do want to touch on one thing, though. I know uh, right now this event is um, being delayed, but you're part of the yes. Head and Neck Cancer Alliance. Could you talk about that? They were going to have their 22nd annual Oral Head and Neck Cancer Awareness Week coming up in April. Correct. Yes, thank you. As, as everything else, uh, my goodness, I'm a sports nut. You know, the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, if they, when you consider how many sporting events have been put aside, yeah, uh, it's, it's everything. Um mm-hmm. And sadly, the Head and Neck Cancer Alliance uh, screening week, which was to have been uh, April 13th through 19th, uh, has been postponed. However, uh, unfortunately, cancer doesn't, you know, know that it's uh, been put on hold. Right. And so uh, the uh, you can please, uh, anyone who's listening who has the slightest inkling that something might be amiss in their mouth, in their nasal cavity, uh, in their neck, when they swallow, whatever, uh, please go to um, headandneck.org and you'll find the Head and Neck Cancer Alliance homepage. Uh, you'll see yours truly is ugly mug there talking about it. <laughs> but I have just been, um, I'm one of the um, uh, lucky folks who gets this opportunity to be the uh, 2020 spokesperson for the Head and Neck Cancer Alliance, not unlike Michael Douglas before me and Jim Kelly, the quarterback for the uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, had done the same thing that I'm doing now. Um, Val Kilmer, uh, while he's not necessarily a spokesperson for this particular organization, is a spokesperson for head and neck cancers. Uh, he required surgery as a result of yes. the location of his cancer, but he's written a book. Um, so you can follow a number of different people, all of whom will lead you to head and neck cancers. Uh, and so headandneck.org will give you all the information you need to hopefully self-diagnose. And when you have the opportunity to speak to your ear, nose, and throat doc or your dentist, they can often help you suss out uh, a, a weird growth or this part of my tongue doesn't look like mm-hmm. the same color as the others. Please get that handled. Yeah. And uh, the beauty of it is that it's not one of those devastating cancers that has to wait to present itself like ovarian or prostate or or uh, 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 pancreatic. Often it's too far gone by the time they present. Uh, that is not the case in a cancer like mine. And as devastating as it can be, it is equally as treatable. So 
great advice. Have that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I, I know for me, I tend to ignore stuff. Even when I was little, I ignored something on the bottom of my foot yeah. and it spread and then it, yeah. getting rid of it was terrible. And, and my dad passed away from stage four colon cancer. So when you mentioned that, yeah. um, it definitely makes, it's great, great advice, uh, Rob, for, you know, to get people to thank pay attention, to pay attention. Yeah, thank you. And you, you've had the heartbreaking experience of, of it going too far. And it, yeah. uh, uh, it, and, and it's, I think a lot of it is probably, uh, from our parents' generation, I, I mean, even as a kid, and it wasn't that my dad didn't love me, but, you know, I, I'd broken my nose and, ah, suck it up, you're going to be okay, and I was. Yeah, I know. <laughs> ah, you're fine. Yeah, I was. <laughs> my nose is a little bit askew as a result of playing hockey, and I did have to suck it up. However, we know a lot more now. My dad smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. Lucky strike? The first day that Lucky strike, no filter? <laughs> Doubt, do something about it because uh, you don't want to, Amen. you know, neglect it. Where can people find out more about you? Boy, um, they can. Uh, well, just, just Google you. Google, just, <laughs> they can Google me and find out way more about me than they ever care to. But uh, my last name is P A U L S E N. Uh, but they can go to on, on Twitter. It's at Yakko Pinky. Uh, two characters from Animaniacs. I'm Pinky and the Brain. And so at Yakko Pinky, Y-A-K-K-O-P-I-N-K-Y, all lowercase on Twitter. Rob underscore Paulson on uh, Instagram. Rob Paulson in concert. Or rather, Rob Paulson Live. Okay. I'm um, uh, sorry, Live.com. My website, Animaniacs in Concert, is where myself and my co-tuned uh, person, uh, Randy Rogel, who wrote most of the music from Animaniacs, including United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, and all the countries it. of the world. And we do Animaniacs in Concert around the country with orchestras. And so they can go to AnimaniacsInConcert.com and check out that stuff. Um, but uh, uh, apart from that, there's uh, Rob Paulson, voice actor on Facebook. Way too much information about yours truly. But um, the cool thing about seeking me out is you will tangentially find out about all these other incredible, wonderful actor folks who do this and have done it for decades and decades and decades. And I, pers- I uh, uh, submit that while I have lots of friends who do the on-camera stuff, it's pretty difficult to find people who are more talented than uh, people who work with their voice because uh, nobody cares what they look like. And then you right. find out that, oh, my God, the same guy that's Pinky in the brain or the, the same guy who is uh, Winnie the Pooh is the Tasmanian devil. Oh, my right. God, that's fantastic. <laughs> 
do a little deep dive and find out that uh, Bart Simpson is a girl. That's the coolest thing in the world. I, I love know. being part of that. Uh, it's amazing. You know, I'd love to have you back on again because... There's lots of other things we can talk about, especially with people listening that might want to get into voice acting. It's totally different from when you started. And, you know, just maybe some advice. And anytime you want to call back in again. It would be my great pleasure, Janine. And thank you so much for taking time to let an old Ninja Turtle ramble. It's a great <laughs> I didn't hear any rambling. I thought you were great. Thanks. Excellent answer. <laughs> All right. Stay well. Thanks, Rob. And you too. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. All right, that's a wrap for this week's show. If you want to follow me on Twitter, just visit moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. I'm also on Facebook at Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N. The show blog is getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. And if you'd like to find out about being a guest, just send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.